Well, hey, welcome back to the C3 Students Volunteer Podcast. Um, it's me, Ryan, again, and tonight I have new two new special guests with us. Tonight we have... This is Shannon, ninth grade girls leader, currently. And this is Matt Mueller. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> um, so Shannon and Matt are both here uh, for a very specific topic. Um, I invited him in because I think this is a topic they have both done really well with uh, for small groups they've led. And like Shannon said, Shannon currently leads ninth grade girls, but she's also led other groups in the past. So Shannon, what's uh, some other roles you play? What other groups have you led your history of student ministry here? Um, just with students, I led one group um, all the way through from sixth grade. They started in 2011 through to their senior year. And then also um, Grace and Lily Carpenter, some of you might remember them. They were... A year behind them but they joined with us um and so i led them that last year kind of too and then now this group i've been with them since sixth grade through ninth grade and outside of students i served with them in c3 kids and even in preschool too matt what about you so you currently are not leading anything like a role in student ministry but you have so what's like your experience with small groups uh, I have been a student leader uh, 13 out of the 16 years I've been in Maryland um, at CCC. Uh, I uh, just finished with uh, this group that I started off with sixth grade. They graduated last year, um, and then I'm just taking the year off for now. Uh, we also, I, I forgot to mention another guest we have. You might hear some other background noise. We also <laughs> have Perky here with us. Uh, Perky is not a small group leader. She aspires um, to be, though. Aspires to be. <laughs> um, Perky, in case you were wondering, is a dog. <laughs> it's not uh, an actual person. Yeah. Um, if you hear heavy panting, it's not Matt and I. It's, yeah. It's Perky. But she's also staring a lot. So she's very intrigued to be a part of it. You might hear Perky jingling, participating. Um, so both Matt and Shannon also play other roles. So they'll be on stage in student ministry at different times. They both... Um, have helped other small group leaders. Um, I know Matt at some point this year will step in as a coach in a small group role. Shannon has done that role in the past as a coach and a champion for small group leaders. Um, I think that they both are like the epitome of what uh, we look for in a small group leader here at CCC. So I invited them in tonight for a very specific conversation. We'll be talking about partnering with parents, uh, a really important role that every small, small group leader needs to do. But what I would like to talk about before we get into that, so tonight at... Um, Student ministry, we had wings, so I would love to hear your favorite wing flavor. What is your personal favorite wing flavor? Um, I cannot really handle hot things. If you were here when we did that chip challenge, you will <laughs> yeah. know that. Mm, uh, so I am like Old Bay wings or like garlic parmesan, like not the hot ones. That's my stuff. I like the mango habanero and the Old Bay. I, I think, I don't know if this is when I'm getting older, I can't do any kind of sauce or glaze on wings anymore. I can only do dry rubs. So, like, Obey is, like, my new favorite thing in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't, like, I had, like, two buffalo wings and started feeling sick. I don't know what it is, like, wet wings. Um, so, there you have it. If you want to get Matt or Shannon some wings, you can get, you can get all of us Old Bay wings. Nice. Um, you should just buy all three of us Old Bay wings. Um, actually, the best Old Wings are from Red Brick Station, if you've ever had them. They're huge, and they are a lot of Old Bay. Okay. But on to the real topic for tonight, I know you don't care about our favorite wing flavors. We're going to talk about partnering <laughs> with parents. So I would love to actually start here because I mean, there's going to be funny moments with parents. There's going to be times we blow with parents. But if we do our best, we'll have a much better response in group 
it for the long haul. And again, part of the reason I have uh, Shannon and Matt here is because they've led, each have led a group from sixth grade to 12th grade. Uh, Shannon's back in, Matt will probably inevitably be back in again in student ministry at some point. And you make it that long because you're doing things right. Um, if students continue to show up and engage with you, it's because you've won the trust of parents. And the things we'll talk about tonight are part of winning that trust with parents. So these are some best practices that um, we have for being a small group leader. I know Matt and Shannon will probably agree with these. And we'll have examples of how this played out in their group. But they also will have some things they have done that might not fit in these. And I want to make sure we get those as well. But one of the main ones, and this is a phrase you'll hear outside of being a small group leader with parents, but it's over-communicate. So Shannon and Matt, from your experience as a small group leader, how would you talk about over-communicating? How have you over-communicated? Have you seen it work? Or when you don't communicate, how does it not work? Yeah, so um, when I first started leading the first group that I led all the way through, I was fresh out of college and probably more nervous about communicating with parents because they felt a lot older than me at that time. Um, and... I realized that sometimes girls weren't showing up to things because their parents maybe weren't reading Ryan's emails or they weren't engaged on social media with CCC stuff and they just weren't seeing stuff like that. Um, and so then I started to, with this group particularly, but probably towards the end of that group to more proactively, um, now I send a, a weekly email to parents and I try and let them know what we talked about the Sunday before, um, but also not like specific things their girl, their girls said that are like confidential, but um, you know, the general topic, maybe what Bible verses we hit on. And then I let them know big things that are coming up. And I especially like to let them know as far in advance as possible, um, like dates for things that I want them to really like fall retreat. Like as soon as we know the fall retreat date, I put it in an email to parents um, as like I do a Friendsgiving with my girls every year. As soon as I know when that is, I try and send that out. So I know their schedules are full, but so they can prioritize it. Um, we also have a Facebook group because some of the parents don't check email. So um, I did ask parents like, what do they prefer? <laughs> Um, some of them want to be in both. Some of them just want to be in one or the other, but I put the same information in both every week. Um, and it seems to work really well. Like they seem to kind of know what's going on. I had a text thread uh, with all the parents on it and I would communicate that way uh, with the important things, the dates and things like that. Uh, but I also made it a point to see the parents when they were picking up their students, especially in the early years. And we would have conversations, we would uh, talk and just kind of catch up about their families, what was happening. Um, and if I saw them out or at church, I would engage and talk to them because I want, uh, I want them to be on board with what we were doing um, so that their student can learn the most and learn more about Jesus. Yeah. I think that's good too. Sorry, Ryan. No, go ahead. Um, but just because too, even um, in those kinds of conversations and stuff too, it just gives them a chance to ask you questions too. So like, I don't want to assume that I'm communicating everything perfectly. So I, you know, if you're having those follow-up conversations and those touch bases, like you start to learn the types of questions that parents are asking and then you can adjust from there. I think um, one thing, they were both talking about different ways to communicate. And I think Shan said this too, you did. You had some parents that don't read email. Mm -hmm. So if you have a group of six students or a group of 20 students, like some of our groups right now, there's no way one avenue of communication is going to work for everybody. So you could have like, man, we have the best email we send and has all the details, but there's going to be a portion of your parents that are, they're not going to respond to that. 
they're not going to read it, they're not going to get it, um, and you're just going to miss. So I think having multiple ways you communicate is a huge win. So if it's, well, we emailed out, and then I also text that information out, and then we have a Facebook group, and then when I see parents in the lobby, I also talk to them, and then getting to know who needs what kind of communication. Um, the longer you're with these students, you'll get to know parents better too. So you might know, well, here's the three I, I need to make sure I email. And here's the one I, I got to talk to in person. If I want their kid to show up, I've got to track them down on a Sunday and I've got to talk to them about the fall retreat or else their kid's not going to come. Um, and part of what over communicating does is it helps all of these do this. So, I mean, we could talk about this every one of them, but it really helps build trust with the parent that, hey, they're letting me know what's happening. They're going to keep me in the loop. I can trust like what they're saying. Um, I know Shannon's emails are great. Um, her emails are even above emails I have sent when I have been a small group leader. So we communicate things on a student ministry level, on the website, through emails, we'll use social media, but we do it to a certain level and there are parents that need more. Um, and I know Shannon sent, I get included in her emails. They are like, again, above even what I would do, but that's the level she communicates. And I know her parents are super appreciative of that because it almost leaves no doubt when things are coming up. They, they have all those details. They don't have to look anywhere else. They don't even have to go to the website at all. But then again, with Matt's parents, when he would be in group, I would talk to his parents in the lobby and they knew everything that was happening because they talked to Matt. Mm -hmm. So again, it's these different ways you communicate, work for different people, but they all get the same thing across. Um, one of the other ones connects to a lot to what Matt said. I think as a small group leader, a really good practice is just to be seen by parents. So part of what Matt talked about that is just talking to parents like in the lobby, especially when they were younger, but I don't know. I think this scenario you really excel in, Matt. So I don't know if you want to share a little bit of how you intentionally made sure you were seen. And also, I think it's the idea of initiating that mm -hmm. as the small group. Don't wait for the parent to do it, mm -hmm. but you're the one that initiates. I don't know if you have some tips for that, Matt. I mean, I was with the group. I was with the boys when we were getting picked up. And so mm -hmm. I made it a point that if I saw them, I would go over to the door as the boy was going into the car and have a little conversation um, just kind of looking out on Sunday um, after church or before church, and if I see them or greet them, I'll be like, how was your week going, you know? Um, I think all that uh, helps build the trust, mm -hmm. um, and the trust is, is crucial yeah. uh, when it comes to parents and when it comes to students. Um, without that, you don't, you don't have anything. Mm. Yeah. Um, so those are just some things that I did. Yeah. Yeah. I think when I first started leading, I was a little naive. I mean, I was younger and I was just naive to the schedules that parents are on. And I thought like, oh, I'm going to invite them to have coffee with me or I'm going to invite them to have dinner with me. And like, sure, you get a couple that will take you up on that, but they're just busy. And it's not that they don't want to meet you or engage with you in that way, but they're busy. So I don't really remember who said it to me or if it was in a book we read, but somebody, something said to me like, go where they already are. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of, Matt's already talking about that. Like if they're already at church on Sunday mornings, learn what service they go to. And if that's a parent that you want to connect to, go to that service that week. Even though you're always a second service person, if you know that so-and-so's parents go to first service, go to first service. Um, or like uh, going to games and uh, plays and stuff like that. Like they're already going to be there to support their kids. So if you're going to go to support their kids, sit with the parent and mm -hmm. talk to the parent too and um you know talk to them about their kid but also just about them and how they're doing and stuff too and um yeah but just going where they're already going to be so you're not another thing they have to add onto their schedule to connect with yeah yeah and that's what i did too is yeah. 
found out everyone's schedule for their their sports or their activities. You know, I showed up to football games to listen to the band. Yeah. Or some of the guys were actually in the football. Um, just went to a lot of different things that they were interested. And there was mm-hmm. the families, and that just uh, fostered a lot of communication and, and relationships. Yeah. I think, um, again, just like over-communicating, there's always different ways to do it. Being seen, there's a lot of ways you can do it as a small group leader, and it's different for all of us as small group leaders, too. So we are all in different places in life. So I now have a middle school student, and I am incredibly busy as a ministry leader and as a parent. Uh, We have small group leaders that their kids are grown up and out of the house, like adults. We have small group leaders that are fresh out of high school and in college. We have small group leaders that are newly married with like all this range. So our our life is different. So our availability is different. So you might hear of a leader that's like, man, I'm going to soccer games and musicals and I'm doing this. And you might think, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the margin. And I totally get it. Mm-hmm. So kind of like Shannon said, where are our parents going to be? Well, if their kid is here, there's a good chance they will be here at some point, mm-hmm. dropping them off in the lobby. And as a middle schooler, a lot of parents still come into the lobby to pick them up. So that's a great place. I'd say when group ends, be in the lobby so you can see parents. I know tonight I helped uh, a leader meet two new parents in the lobby night, made sure they connected with them for the very first time. As they get into high school, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Parents sit in the cars or their kids are driving themselves, so it takes a little more work. Like Matt said, it's walking them out to the car. And when the kids get in the seat, you go up to a window and wave to the parent. And even if the parent doesn't talk, you just made that connection and it, the value of, Hey, I came out to see you and they see your face. Um, I know there's times I've had leaders that are in the lives of students that it's like sophomore year and this parent's like, Oh, that's my student small group leader. <laughs> it's the first time I've seen their face. And there's a lot of reasons that can happen. Uh, but we don't want that to be like the norm. We want you to be seen by parents. So they know your face. Um, part of what's going to happen is years down the road, if there's a need in that family and they already see you and know you, it's going to be a lot easier for that parent to reach out, to come to you and say, hey, um, I, we need help. There's this thing happening, and I've seen you, and I know your face, and now I'm comfortable to talk to you. But if they don't see you and know you, um, they're not going to have that there. Yeah. Um, another really good best practice as a small group leader is to follow up. Um, I would say specifically, again, we're talking about parents. We, we'll be talking about students' uh, conversations another time. But specifically, parents following up with them. So let's say tonight, actually, I met with a mom right before this podcast. I was meeting with a parent who had reached out to me earlier in the week about connecting to talk about their student. Um, And there was some space between that. And I followed back up because I had not heard from them. And it reminded them to have this conversation tonight. And if I had not followed up, the conversation might not have happened. But I followed up and it allowed me to have this conversation that this student and this parent needed. So... Um, I don't know if you can think back over your years in student ministry, how you following up helped you partner with parents. Yeah, I think um, follow, well, this might come later too, but like um, I like praying for and with parents as much as possible too. And so in all of my emails and a lot of my communication, or sometimes I'll just text parents, what can I be praying for you and your family right now? And so especially if they share anything like that with you, like, following up with that when you see them and saying, how is this going? I've been praying for it. Hopefully you have been praying for it. You're not lying, but you know, like following up with, um, those sorts of things that they share with you, or even sometimes there's stuff that they don't share with you. But like, I know one of my girls, her mom's had, her mom had breast cancer. Um, 
And so that would be something I would follow up with her on, um, just how she's doing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, I guess some more like kind of to your point that you were making, Ryan, um, if they have a specific concern, especially that they've shared with me, I know like we did a really hard series in the spring that some parents reached out with mm-hmm. concerns about and everything. Um, and then we did something to try to address that. I did like to follow up with the parents after and say like, Hey, do you feel good about where this is now? And stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I feel like most of the time just, they acknowledged the effort that Ryan or myself or whoever put in to do that. And they were like, yeah, I feel like the follow-up conversations were a lot less hard than the initial ones. Yeah. So being open for parents and when they want to talk to you, um, and if that doesn't happen right away, just make sure that that does happen because mm-hmm. they have different insight that you don't get from the kid, mm-hmm. um, different things that are going on. And if a family is struggling with something, you know, communicating with them, uh, checking in, you know, how's, how's your family doing that goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Shows that you not only care about their kid, uh, but you care about their family. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that's what it's all about. It's just yeah. loving, loving students, but also their family too, because that's everything. Yeah. Um, Next will be being consistent. Um, <clears throat> this I, this is more about physical presence, consistency. Um, so, as a small group leader, I mean, we're expected to be there every week, which can be hard, um, but it is huge. Uh, as a parent dropping off their kid, when you again you're being seen, when the parent sees the same face regularly there, and they know that you're a consistent presence in the life of their student, goes a really really long way. Um, and when we are not consistent, it speaks like the opposite um, in the lives for parents and students. So you guys are both really consistent leaders. Um, and I know that's always not easy because we have a lot of other stuff going on. I know both of you have been consistent through hard seasons or been consistent when there's other things you would much rather be doing. So as a small group leader, I mean, maybe one thing is like, how, like, how have you been so consistent? How did you keep that a priority when life happens and you, you can, you showed up for seven years, each of you. For at least one group. Um, so how? How were you con- that consistent for seven years for students and parents? And talk about me how, how that helped and how you saw that win in the lives of your groups with parents. It's definitely, uh, I think the first thing is scheduling. Because mm-hmm. uh, if it's not on the calendar, then it's easy, forgotten, and stuff. So Sunday nights were set aside. Um, and all the retreats and um, get-togethers and things like that, we would schedule out in advance so that we knew this fit into our daily schedule because that's that's one of the biggest things when it comes to you know um being a a student leader is how does that fit into you know my family too Mm because i gotta be there for my family Mm -hmm. um but being consistent and going every sunday night uh that not to say that we didn't miss some sunday nights because sometimes you do you know Mm -hmm. things happen uh, you got to be somewhere, but to try to be there at the majority because if you're not there, then your relationships are growing. Um, it's not the same when you have uh, a leader or a co-leader that's not there um, for that night's group. Um, and it just kind of throws things off when somebody's not there. And when we meet together regularly every week, that's when... I saw the most growth in my students 
um, and with our whole group together. Yeah, I mean, it's just not an optional thing for me. Like um, like Matt said, like that time's on the calendar and I plan around it as much as possible. So um, I know like I don't have kids and stuff, so that's probably easier mm -hmm. for me to do. Um, but I do tend to keep a pretty full plate as much as probably a single person can. Um, but I like to pretty much everything else, and this might annoy you sometimes, Ryan, so I'm sorry if it does, but like I like to plan really far ahead if I can. Yeah. So if there's something where it's like, oh, I know that I need to do something in August, but I know that Live Out Loud's also gonna be in August, but I don't have the exact date yet, I will text or email Ryan and be like, do we know the date yet? Yeah. And even if it's like crazy far in advance, where like there's really no reason Ryan should know the date yet, I'll still ask so I can try to plan around that as much as I can if I need to schedule something else um and then I yeah I just have seen being consistent like that uh has been a huge win like it's really the only way to build relationships nothing mm -hmm. is gonna build relationships without that consistency um you know you can have a fantastic conversation one night and then if you don't show up for the next four it's like mm -hmm. that really doesn't do anything um doesn't go anywhere uh, and I've seen that in all of my girls, in all of, even some of the girls that like towards senior year started to fall off, um, coming on Sunday nights, uh, staying connected with them and their parents just because I had been consistent for so long. Mm -hmm. um, another thing, if I know I'm not going to be there and I know in advance, which I usually do if, if it's a night that I have something, um, I will communicate that again, over communicate that to parents. I don't know if that's good or bad because then sometimes kids just wouldn't show up that night mm -hmm. um but i do think parents appreciate it that i let them know like hey especially when i didn't have a co-leader for a little bit of time or when we were in between or something it was like here's who's going to be in the room with your kids that night and mm -hmm. i think they really appreciated that one thing you'll find um early on like sixth graders parents will just bring them no matter what They'll bring them and drop them off because it's almost like they need a break. They want them to be somewhere entertained and watched for a little bit. But as they get older, um, I think parents see your consistency and they honor that more by helping their kids get there. So when you're consistent over the long haul, so like both Shannon and Matt have um, star group at sixth grade and they show up and they were there till they were seniors in high school and they had very consistent students over that time too. And when you, in our ministry, we do a lot of trips. So when we go to Mexico or we would go to the Dominican Republic or we would go somewhere big or we'd go on a new trip that no one ever been on before, if you are a consistent leader and you tell a parent, hey, we're going on this new thing and I am going, the trust for that parent is huge mm -hmm. to send their student with you because you have been consistent and they, and they see you continue to be consistent so they'll send their kid. So it is a long haul thing. That's why we ask for at least a school year anyway from every small group leader you're a part of the ministry for at least a school year because students do not need more adults that are not consistent in their life. Unfortunately, that happens. There's a lot of parents that are not consistent. There's a lot of teachers and other leaders and other ways that are in and out of students' lives. So to have an adult that cares about them that shows up for weeks in and week in, week out, week out or months or years at a time is a really, really big deal and matters again a lot to parents. Um, this last one I have, I think the other ones are all really important. Um, as a parent now, I think this one might be one of the most important ones we can do. I mean, obviously, we need to be consistent. We need to communicate. But there are seasons where all of that stuff will slip. There will be seasons where you're busy and you just might not communicate as well as you normally do. 
There'll be seasons where you might be sick and you miss a little bit more. There's seasons where all this other stuff happens. But I think one of the best things we can do right now for students is to celebrate students. Um, one of the best things we can do for parents is to celebrate their student to them. Um, I know, again, as a parent, we one of the only times we hear about our kids outside of our home is usually when they're in trouble. School or other place lets you know, or man, your kid messed up, your kid blew it, they're struggling, they need extra work, they need help, doctors, they, they, whatever, it's like that. But as a leader, if we can call a parent and say, hey, I just want to tell you something awesome your kid did. I want to, At the fall retreat, they, they blew my mind because they said this one thing. Um, it's just, it goes, it's, it goes so far in the, for parents when they hear that about their kid. I don't know if you guys have stories of how you've done that or what that's been like for you. I've seen you both do that really well in some really hard situations where sometimes there's not really awesome things to say about students, but you still have done it. Um, so I don't know if you have stories there. As we were saying earlier with the conversations that I would have at the pickup or things like that or through the text messages, uh, just making it a point to say something positive about their kid. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that as a parent, and you were saying this, those positive things you don't hear all the time. Mm -hmm. You hear the negative things. They did this. They did this. Um, uh, and I hear that as a teacher, you know, I try to make calls where I can brag on some kids. Um, and so I would try to do that uh, not every week, but if something came up where I was like, wow, they, they really served really hard this week. And we were doing this service project or, yeah, they were having some great answers during small group um, or the, how they just had a bunch of joy and had a great time at the fall retreat. You know, things like that parents love to hear about their kids. Mm -hmm. um, and, it's, and it's very important and helps them trust you and uh, just be consistent person in their students' lives. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, ditto to all that, I think. Um, I, a lot of times, too, I think it's really good to say something good about the student to the parent in front of the student. Mm -hmm. um, just because some, it's sad, and I do think all parents are doing the best that they can with what they have, but some of these kids don't hear great things from their parents about themselves, and so when you say something good about them, to their parent in front of them, I think that does a lot to boost their confidence. And then when they see their parent react to that, it's just a positive interaction all around. Um, and I think sometimes it even plants some seeds in parents' minds to look for those things. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they said that she really is taking her faith seriously and is trying to read her Bible more. Like, let me be on the lookout for that now and let me celebrate that too. Like, um, and so I just, I like to specifically do that in front of students if I can. But then also, you know, all the other times we talked about, like pick up from fall retreat when everybody's looking for their luggage is mm -hmm. a great time to find a parent and tell them something positive from the fall retreat or whatever retreat you were just on um, from their students specifically. And I think just with any kind of encouragement or positive reinforcement, as specific as you can be, be it. Yeah. Like, you know, like, it needs to be genuine. It can't just always be like, your kid's so awesome. And they're like, yeah. they're like, why? Yeah. Like, I don't know. They're just awesome. Yeah. Like that doesn't, I don't think go as far. So just something really specific. Like, I mean, 
Sydney Jones is an easy one for me because she has so many specific things. Not every kid is so easy, but I know like after this fall retreat, I made a point to go share with um, her dad who picked her up that she was really intentional about connecting with kids that she doesn't usually connect with and mm -hmm. stepping outside of her comfort zone in that. And it's just something specific like that I think can go a really long way. Like that shows that you know their kid mm -hmm. and you're really paying attention to their kid. And I think they appreciate that. There, I mean, a lot of things we've talked about, um, obviously it's for parents. It's for partnering with parents. There's so much more you could do, but all of this also has this huge impact on the student. So yes, if you're more consistent, it is awesome for the parent, but it's huge for the student. If you over-communicate with a parent, it's great for them, but it helps the student show up because parents know. Uh, if you're telling the parent all this stuff, you're bragging on their kid to a parent, um, bragging about a kid to their parent, it's awesome for the stuff that Shannon just said. It helps the parent be like, man, I'm gonna look out for my, this in my own kid. Like, I didn't know this about my kid. I'm gonna celebrate it with them too. Uh, again, as a parent, this is stuff that I am much more in tune to as it, having a middle schooler now. Um, I My daughter has a small group leader. Um, so Dana and Stacy, if you're listening to this, do this stuff. But you've already <laughs> been doing it. And you've told me stuff about my daughter that it's stuff I already know to be true. But when somebody else sees it and can tell you about it, it's like, man, that is awesome. Because sometimes as a parent, it's like, yeah, my kid's great. My, <laughs> my kid's great. I know my kid's great. But then when someone else sees these things in your kid and points them out, it's like, man, I'm I'm not just looking through rose-colored lenses. There's like really good things happening. Uh, so that's one thing I would I would make it a point as a small group leader. Um, and there's other things I do with kids where I do this too, to almost every week, I would try to like let a parent know something about their kid every week. If it's through a text message or in person on a Sunday night or on a Sunday morning, you see them in service like, oh, hey, while I'm seeing you, I just wanted to tell you last week, your kid did this and it was really awesome. Like in group, they, they helped somebody else. There was a girl tonight who, she's a newer girl to our ministry and I, actually wanted to see her parents because she is in sixth grade and we have a seventh grader in our ministry who struggles with noise and um, like crowds and he sits in the back with headphones on and he doesn't like it. And this other girl who didn't know him saw him in the back and came and sat next to him mm -hmm. to comfort him during large group and sat with him the whole time. Wow. And I tried, they're a new family and I tried to find the parents afterwards and I couldn't, but just to tell them that. I don't know anything else about her. I don't know if she paid attention to the message. But I saw how she cared for another student. I wanted to celebrate that with parents. So I'm going to try to reach out this week uh, to them just to do that. But I know there's probably other things that you guys have done. Maybe there's not. I don't know. Is there any other like kind of last, like if my last couple or here's my last thing. It's like if you're going to part with parents, here's a really good way to do it as a small group leader from your personal experiences. Can I like piggyback on that last one a little bit too? Yeah. Because um, I would even go as far as to say, you know, all of us go to church here at CCC. So we know the parents of some of the kids that aren't in our groups too. Yeah. And like, if you can uh, brag on those kids to their parents, even if they're not in your group too. Like yeah. I, when we have those large group interactions and stuff like that, and you see that, like, I think that's huge too, to connect with parents in that way. Like you're like, you know, that girl's not in your small group, yeah. but to hear yeah. that from multiple people, I think that's huge. Yeah. Um, and then my, another one I have kind of relates to this, so celebrating their student, but I also really like to help students celebrate their parents. Um, so like I said, we do a Friendsgiving thing most years, um, at least with this current group we do. And in the past, we've done some things where they write thank you notes to their parents or something. We're going to do something like that again this year. I've asked them this year to think about how do you guys want to celebrate your parents this mm -hmm. year? But there's just not outside of maybe school sometimes, there's not a ton of spaces 
where I don't think they're being pushed to think about how they can be grateful for their parents and how they can celebrate their parents. And I think we can be really champions of that relationship from that side too. And I think that helps parents. Yeah. I mean, we talked about a whole lot of stuff to uh, get parents on board and to foster relationships with them. And that is a lot of the battle with having great and close relationships with your students. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just your student, it's your student and their parents. Uh, they all go together. Um, you m- spend more time with that student, but parents want to hear about it, um, especially if it's something that they're scheduling time out for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's a great thing. And I like the relationships that I still have today. Mm-hmm. I talked to some parents this morning um, and my guys are in college now um, and just caught up with how they're doing, you know, as somewhere empty nesters are about to be um, kind of thing and their emotions. And it's just, it's fun having those relationships. Yeah. yeah. And I can, uh, one thing I think to say to the younger, we have a lot of younger leaders on our team right now, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but I do know when I was, 21 and jumping in like everything Matt said was very intimidating to me um like having a deep relationship with like a 40 year old like what like I don't know how to do that I don't even know if I want to do that um it's kind of it was just intimidating and I would just say just to remember that these are just people like they're yeah they're parents of your students and you're not parents yet but if you really come at it with a humble attitude you don't know everything Mm -hmm. like you are probably I somebody told me once like we're the best parents we'll ever be before we have kids. And mm-hmm. so it's like, don't, you know, just don't have an attitude like, I know everything you should be doing with your kid. And they'll just appreciate any interaction you have with them. And just don't be afraid of it. Like, yeah. it's it's not as hard as you think to, because parents are kind of craving that too in some ways. And then something somebody else told me one time too, I would get really worked up about the parents that didn't respond Um, especially if you have a ton of kids and it's like, ah, there's like these two or three that just don't respond to anything. I've tried everything they talked about on this podcast. I can't get anything from them. It's like, that's okay. Like maybe pray for them. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's how you connect with them. They don't know it, but like, that's how you're connecting with them. But don't spend all your energy on those three parents that aren't responding, but just really engage with the ones that do seem to want to engage with you and pour energy there. Yeah. I, again, I, one thing Shan said that I was going to say as we wrapped up, I know we do have younger leaders, and I was a young leader of all of this when I started. <laughs> so I not only was a small group leader, but I was leading small group leaders who were adults to lead adults. And it's um, I felt really intimidated by it, that um, I was young and I didn't know, and I was afraid to sit with parents and have conversations with them about their kid. Um, and again, what Shan said, I remember their people, and I think as a parent of a middle school right now, um, and at which with kids, if there's an adult that cares about your kid and is willing to like put the work in, I don't care how old they are. Like you could be 20 years old and you care about a, an 11 year old in your group and you're reaching out to a parent to do the stuff we've talked about. That means a lot to a parent because a parent was 20 years old once too. And they're going to remember like the fact that you're doing it is huge. That many of them weren't doing this when they were 20 years old and there's a 20 year old that cares about their kid. Um, so keep trying, keep doing this stuff. I know it's also intimidating to hear, here's all these principles, here's all these things we should be doing. And you, 
again, look at your week or your month. And it's like, I can't do this. And there's some of these things we should be doing regularly. Definitely communicate. You should be communicating regularly with your parents in some way, email, text, Facebook, in person. You should be showing up consistently, but the, hey, let's have this Thanksgiving meal. Let's have a special, I know one thing Matt did great. His guys were at his house a lot with his family, having bonfires out back. I mean, it's a regular thing they did. And you might think, I just don't have the space for that. My house can't support that. That's fine. So pick one thing from the thing we've talked about tonight. It's like, hey, how can I get better at one thing? How can I become better at communicating over the next month? How can I, maybe it is starting the email. Maybe it's getting all their phone numbers for the first time. Um, maybe it is, you know what? What we're going to do is once a month, we're going to find a way just to get together. Or I'm going to track them down on Sunday mornings. That's my goal. This month, I'm going to see every parent on a Sunday morning who comes to church and just talk with them for a minute. Um, pick one that you can do better. Um, what happens is this. If you get really good at this, and this is why I invited uh, Matt and Shannon on, you'll see this at the end. At the end of your time with a group, you'll see that you won with parents when things like this happen. When you get invited to weddings, when you get invited to funerals, when you get invited to high school graduations, uh, when you get the phone call from a parent years later because something happened with their kid and they're asking you for help or advice. Or it's graduation Sunday and your parents bring you like flower pots full of gift cards <laughs> to you and your co-leader for all the time you spent with them. Or you have a conversation with a parent in the lobby after their kid graduates just about the parent. You're not even talking about the kid anymore. You're not talking about their student. You're talking about them. That's the sign that you've won with a parent. Um, another thing I've seen with both of these leaders right here is the investment with parents and students. It's all for student ministry, but I've seen families come to church because of their investment with parents. I've seen parents who were marginally connected to our church, but only really connected through their student I've seen parents more connected now because of the investment these two small group leaders had with parents. They partnered with them, and then the parent got connected to Jesus. So that's a byproduct of us leading students is that we're leading families to Jesus as well. I don't know if you guys have any last thoughts. Um, no, I mean, I didn't always feel like I was doing it well. So some of the stuff Ryan's saying is like, wow, that's <laughs> encouraging, I yeah. guess, like, um, so, I, I mean, it's not always going to feel like you're hitting a home run here, but I think it's the long game that Ryan's talking about that's important. Yeah, I didn't feel like I was winning all the time with parents. Yeah. Um, but it's being consistent, <laughs> talking to them, having that communication, um, and then over time, it just is amazing. I think one thing we really talked about is there'll be times it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, I've been a small group leader. I know even both of, the, I know both of these leaders, I've talked with them about parents that were hard. And you might try your best to partner and you get a phone call or an email or a text from a parent that just lights you up because you didn't do something they expected you to do. And those are hard. Um, you might want to quit. You might wonder why. You might come to me angry. And I would tell you to continue to be consistent because I get both of these leaders. I know have had times with hard parents that they could have been angry or walked away from, but they stayed consistent and they still won that parent in the end. Um, it doesn't always go that way. You will have parents that's like you have a hard conversation and you may never talk to them again. They might leave the church. And one thing we say around here is we don't own everybody's story. So we don't own every student's story. We don't own parents' story. So there might be parents that leave our church or their student leaves your small group because of something. And that's not ours to own. But if we do these things well, um, we're setting ourselves up the best way we can to win. And that's what we want down the road. And again, this is not everything. There's a lot more. And I'm sure... We will talk about this at some other point again on the podcast. Um, I'm super appreciative for Matt and Shannon and their impact on students and parents here at CCC and for taking some time out tonight. Perky, 
fell asleep. So <laughs> I'm hoping that was the only person that falls asleep listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, but I appreciate you guys for being here. Uh, have a great night. See ya. See ya.